Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere Thursday at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Yes, we're back, baby. All the way back. I'm Nick Roush with TJ Walker. Kentucky Thrones Radio is the name of this show. We have a radio show, but it actually all started here talking Game of Thrones way back. I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago, and we are finally back, TJ. feels so good to be here. Yeah, we just got finished talking throughout our radio show for two hours, but if you're anything like me, Roush, you were just looking forward to some Kentucky Thrones radio. We're back in business, baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. So, no pun definitely intended. We're going to have plenty of those uh, throughout this process. Uh, the goal of the show is to not try to like outsmart anybody. We're just reacting each Sunday to the most recent episodes. Uh, the one downside of the timing of it now is it's during football season. Things might get a little hectic. If you're subscribed to Kentucky Thrones Radio or the KSR Field and Apple Podcast, 
We can promise you it will be in your feed before Tuesday at lunch. That might change. You might get some Monday nights. You might have some Sunday nights. Uh, but our promise is to have it to you by Tuesday at lunchtime. And so let's not waste any more time. TJ, the first thing off the bat, I, uh, I, I kind of wanted the Game of Thrones song to be the intro, but I get why they didn't do the math thing because it, it feels felt a little unnecessary for this show. Yeah, the map, I'm not so much, I don't have an issue with it. I also don't think this show is going to be going across the globe as much right. as the initial Game of Thrones did. But that's, I like that, uh, this was actually wrote this down to bring up. I do like that they kept with the same theme in terms of the score and the music throughout. Yes. Like they even had the same Game of Thrones song. It was just maybe slightly different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I actually did enjoy the music and they kept like, hey, this this show does take place in the same world. It's just a different time period. So we're going to keep a similar theme, but we are going to make it different. I didn't have an issue so much with them not using the exact same one. I thought from that standpoint, it did pretty good. And mm-hmm. I do think you you started this podcast by bringing this up. Our Game of Thrones... This is Kentucky Thrones Radio, but when mm-hmm. we were focusing on Game of Thrones, the TV show, there was a lot more history on it. Uh, we were fresher off reading the books about it. This Kentucky Thrones Radio with House of the Dragon, at least to start, is going to be more, you see the TV episode, we saw the TV episode. We'll probably provide a little background here or there. But for the most part, we don't have years of TV development to be able to spend an hour and a half dissecting the show. We just had an hour episode. It's new to us, just like it's new to you. So it's going to be a little bit different than probably what you remember from Kentucky Thrones Radio from several years ago. But maybe we build up to that. We only have one episode worth of characters at this point, Roush. Right, right. And to the other point, too, we we know eventually the road this is going down, kind of like how Better Call Saul, you know, it it is a, a prequel after all. We, we know where it's eventually going to lead, unlike Game of Thrones, where it was like, we could just sit here and do like fan theories left and right. I mean, I'm I know we did plenty of episodes <laughs> like that. Um, but with that being said, TJ, going into this show, I did have a worry that the, the the nature of this versus the way the last one played out where it's a post-Targaryen world, I worry that it might be confusing, not just like di- just differentiating the characters and knowing who's important. Uh, you know, all the Targaryens, they love their exes and their wives and in their names. They all are silvery haired. I worried that we might get because that was that was the initial challenge for Game of Thrones for a lot of people is just figuring out who all these people are. I thought they did a very good job early on on letting you know, not, not only doing the prologue to kind of set the tone and kind of slowly bring you back in, but also not making it too convoluted of a story uh, to where you can't figure out who who is a big deal uh, in this show or not. You thought they did a good job with that? I did, just because, like, uh, there's Viserys the King. You've got the Hightower drama, uh, or not, not, excuse me, not drama, but Otto Hightower. His daughter is Rhaenyra's best friend. Uh, that, that They're going to be a big deal. 
Damon's his brother. He clearly has the villainy looking face to where he's going to be uh, challenging him for the throne. And then, uh, and then you had the, the Valerian who it, it, that one took me a little bit longer to figure out that it was Rainey's husband. Um, but I, I eventually did get to it. So I, I think I, I have a, a good clear idea of who the, the main power players in this show were going to be. Yeah. So I feel like if you had never, if you didn't watch game of Thrones and house of the dragon was your first introduction to Westeros and this storyline, I think a lot of people would have the same issues or maybe even have more problems with character retention similar names similar similar looks there's blonde wigs everywhere yep so i i think people that watch game of thrones are going to probably be better off in knowing like oh crap that's confusing that's confusing that's confusing but i think people that watch game of thrones will know it will make sense in time yeah so i I disagreed with you a little bit where i was like oh man there's a bunch these people it's so confusing like who do i need to know i'm gonna forget their name um now it, it maybe clicked for me a little better just knowing some of the names from some of the you know from books. That's another thing. If they if you're a real dork about all this stuff, Roush, how many people end up getting named the same name throughout the course of a history? Oh, like yeah. you know, Viserys, you get that stuff frequently. So I thought it was a little confusing, but knowing how Game of Thrones played out, it's episode one. These are new names, new characters. It will take some time, and that's all right. Yeah, and and I think my point too is that they at least kept it pretty tight knit character wise. The first episode where I, cause I, I almost wanted to look up a family tree and I'm sure I will at some point to receive some clarity. Um, but it is, uh, it can be a lot. It can be a lot. Um, all right. Well, that's, that's kind of our first, what, what other notes did you have on your, uh, cause I, I've got some as well. Where would you, which direction would you like to go in? Well, going in a chronological order from the episode, uh, touched on already, I, I like that it had a similar theme to Game of Thrones. It should. It's uh, it's in the Game of Thrones family. It, it's, it'd be like Star Wars being similar to other Star Wars. It's going to be a different story. It's a different time, but it's still in the same world or realm, to use a dorky little uh, <laughs> term that applies to, to this world. So I like that. I like the start of it. I I. I had the dragon fly over King's Landing to kind of oh, like, ooh, yeah. there's the Red Keep. Like, th- that was a good. How many? Everybody, everybody watching, when you saw those clouds, you were like, dragon, dragon's coming, <laughs> dragon's coming. I almost even kicked myself for being the goober that, that said it out loud to my wife because she was like, well, yeah, of course a dragon's coming. Yes, we all knew that a dragon <laughs> was coming. It was a good opening. It got yeah. me excited. And, uh, you're going to see a lot of dragons in the, in this show, especially this season, I would imagine. Thought we might see, like, I, I didn't know, like the dragon pit, you saw this big dome, but like they flew in and then we didn't see more of it. I, that's probably going to be something they just kind of teases throughout the season, right? Yeah, I, I would, I would guess so. And you'll, that's the thing that I had to tell myself going into last night's episode, and I'll have to tell myself this entire season. This was just episode one. Mm-hmm. I, I t- will use this comparison frequently, but to go back to episode one of Game of Thrones, yeah, that's where they that you find the 
the deserter from the wall. You find some pups. A lot of people are going to compare episode one of House of the Dragon to Game of Thrones. And what I would just compare to is it's a long story. We got a long way to go in this. Yeah, yeah, we certainly do. Um, But to your point about the feeling, the thing that I think really was absent in the later seasons of the of Game of Thrones were those those kind of dialogue battles, uh, the politicking. Because this is a story about politics, like it, it always is, it always has been. And I got that feeling back too with uh, sitting in with the council um, for some of those. I, although it did take me a while to get my brain kind of going on some of the terminal, like I couldn't think of Kingsguard. Like I just stuff like that, that I had to look up that was kind of frustrating, but it was a lot of fun, a, a whole lot of fun to, to get back into that groove. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I like that. It had the 172 years before mm-hmm. Dan, you know, that had a, that had a star Wars feel to it a little bit, uh, but you're back into it. Episode one, they start, people are kind of confusing. You get a look at what the, king's landing and westeros look like from 172 years before you get to see the iron throne roush which looks much more intimidating than it does uh, nearly 200 years later that's a much more closer representation of what the iron throne looks like in the book and they don't they're not so shy about wanting people to know that this iron throne looks different and also sits a little different because <laughs> yeah. he gets cut, which any book reader, Roush, knows what it means if you get cut on the Iron Throne. Oh, does that mean you're going to die on the Iron Throne? No, I think only one king has actually died on the Iron Throne, but it means you're an unfit king. Uh, oh. it, it, they, they talk about it in Game of Thrones, the Mad King, he'd get like scabs and scrapes and cuts all the time sitting on the throne, but... And then I think Joffrey, I think, gets pricked one time on the throne. But the tradition, or I guess the lore, is if you get cuts on the Iron Throne, it's the throne's way of saying, you ain't fit to be sitting on this bad boy. They're not so shy to show that you've got got the king getting cuts, which it kind of starts in with, hey, this is the king, but he's got stuff going on. There's situation. There's a yeah. situation of Bruin. Right. He needs an heir desperately, and the whole time he's like, "Well, I know it's going to be a boy." And everybody watching's like, "Okay, sure." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You whatever whatever you say, um, and he ends up being right. But King Viserys is only kind of partially right. 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 And I think the. Um, the the reason why I give this pilot a good grade because it had it had pretty much all of the good, bad, and ugly, and I mean that in a, in a good sense. Like it showed all of the horrors that this Game of Thrones world has to offer, and none more so worse than the the sequence where they're juxtaposing the childbirth with the tournament at the list and it also is like a different part in uh, like I found myself being like man this is so much different than the Game of Thrones I watched just because I'm a different person like if I would have watched this in my young 20s 
I would have been like, oh, gross. Do we really need to see a C-section and him basically just sacrificing his wife for this child? Like, come on, we don't need to see that. But now as an adult that has a child, has a pregnant wife, has friends who like, like that's part of our lives now is people dealing with kids and the difficulties of it and just imagining the risks of it in a different time and place, like the fertility rate. I, I just, I just feel like I see this through a much different lens than I used to TJ. And obviously childbirth is much different in under the circumstances now than what it was, but it's also like horrifying to think of a time when women just got pregnant for like 20 years of their lives and it could kill them at any given moment. Well, they have a not so subtle line. Um, I believe it is. I forget who you got. You got What's her, that? Queen Emma says it to Rhaenyra when she walks yeah. in. She's like, this is our battlefield. Yeah. And I, I, it's a not so subtle reference to like, hey, women ain't going to have it, I think, much easier in House of the Dragon than they had it in Game of Thrones. Now, episode one. So far, no rapes, I don't think. Uh, well, they, I mean, they cut it, that guy's junk off. Well, no. yes, but but like I took that as like, okay, this was gay, this was their reminder, the show writers, creators, that this is a, a different world than the real world, even in this fantasy time period. And women ain't going to have it. They ain't going to have it good in this time period either. Right. You know, you had this, you had the Sansa scene, you had the Daenerys scene, uh, plenty of very troubling woman scenes in game of Thrones. They don't waste any time with a troubling woman scene in mm-hmm. house of the dragon. It's a little different, but it's still equally as like painful to watch and uncomfortable to watch. And that was, it's an important scene for many reasons, both like the out the outlook of the show, but just to get get you in the time time frame. Uh, he has a choice to make between either keeping the baby alive or both are most likely going to die regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you, there's a chance you can save the mom, but if you try to save the mom, the baby, it's not going to happen. Right. And he, so sure that it's going to be a boy, says i saved the baby it is a brutal scene yeah the wife could hardly watch it roush oh mine left the room before she like she knew it was coming she's not a game of Thrones fans either but still yeah that was that was tough sure enough it is a boy however wife yeah. dies Bayor dies baby dies mm-hmm. not what anybody's looking for there well and I think the other thing too, we go back to that um, in the first show, the the themes of women in power. Not only do you, like this one was big on like juxtaposing the how low they are in the society with where Viserys wants to take him by naming Rhaenyra his heir after this tragedy happens, um, because it opens with him getting the crown over the sister Rainies, who is technically the oldest, what they call her the queen who never was. That was the, the queen joke. that never, yeah. The queen that never was that's, that's a, I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause that was a flashback. I think confused some people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she, it, it, and also I can, I can see the politicking of the reason why he put 
her husband on the council to to keep the unity within the realm, you know, um, mm-hmm. to where they're not fighting, even though they were just kind of fighting for it at Heron Hall, which that was cool seeing Heron Hall. That's the first time we've ever seen it in the show, right? Well, like that, you know, not burned to a crisp. Right, right. But it was still kind of, um, I, I guess it was being built at the time and it's going to get burned in a crisp in the show. Yeah, you know, actually, I guess it already should have been burnt. Yeah, Aegon burnt it. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah, right. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm mistaken. All good. Um, yeah, was... the, 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 the jumping around was a little confusing to me. But again, I just had the mindset, this is episode one. It's going to kind of make sense. And you're right. They did do a good job explaining it. It's just, it's a lot to take in in episode one. Especially when we haven't been here in a while, you start hearing the music, you see the scenes, you know, you're all that nostalgia is hitting you uh, and you're trying to play catch up, which I'm perfectly fine with. Um, we, we mentioned that they announced like he's going to make Rhaenyra his heir. That was the the speech with the dragon head and the flames over it just i mean that 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 was the the i got fired up man tj it took me a long time to fall asleep after that speech that build up to her being announced that vintage game of thrones right there yeah um i'm glad that i'm glad that you enjoyed it i felt the i felt the same way it it they they do like that was another thing that i wrote down because again it's going to be hard to take away like big synopsis again we kind of either you know what happens with the story or you don't we're not going to want to come in here and tell spoilers like don't get comfortable with that person because by episode six they're going to be dead (laughs) one we don't really know for sure how they're going to take the content matter and put it on the screen but secondly you need to let some of the storylines play out so some of my takeaways aren't so much about the X's and O's of what happened in episode one, although I do have some takes, but more so just big picture of like the acting was so good, Roush. Yeah. Like, you know, I've got a few critiques and criticisms that we'll get to at some point with this, but it's just such a good production in terms of the, the quality of actors they put together. Oh, Damon it, is oh, incredible. Yeah, He's perfect. outstanding. I like, that he's by definition your anti like the perfect anti-hero because you somehow find yourself cheering for the guy who's toasting his dead baby nephew baby's death like hair hair for a day <laughs> like what it's crazy it's uh it felt very and again we're not going to spend this talking about the final episode or the final season of game of thrones easily the worst i just never thought it was like as bad as everybody made it out to be but it was the worst i don't disagree with that this felt much more season 2 season 1 season 3 mm-hmm. of game of thrones the acting the writing the story that goes along with it i had a few critiques and criticisms with it a little bit i think where episode one of game of thrones was more blood sex and rock and roll this was more just like blood you did have some sex no big deal but they they really i think try to pull people in with gore but the writing the acting the scenes the design the costume the score it's all perfect and you're right i think none of it really kind of hits you harder than that scene that like we're back baby like this yeah man so back and and that's the um and I think that's what the initial war was of Game of Thrones. Like we did get some violence in the tournament. Um, 
you know, like you said, people like the the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But what differentiates Game of Thrones in this universe from the rest of them is the great acting, the great dialogue, the great tension between characters. When Viserys is sitting on the Iron Throne and Damon walks in, like you, you just feel the gravity of that moment where he had given his brother a lot of rope and was trying to keep him corralled in. And that was going to be a breaking point and really set the tone for what's, what's to come down the road. Yeah. Um, women have a tough time ruling. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's kind of clear who is going to, to be in charge, but they're, the rules of Westeros and Targaryen rule is you can kind of go on the fly. You can kind of make things up as you go along. If that's what you choose to do, if that's what you decide you, you want to do with this. And he is the ultimate bad boy of King's landing. He runs the gold cloaks, the city watch, which Roush, how, how would you, you would compare that to, Kind of like the King's Guard, except it's an army. Yeah, and Gestapo is actually probably the best way to put it. Because it's like, it's a military police, essentially. But it is the only police in King's Landing. It just depends on how brutally you want to use it. Yeah. Um, And that's a, that's a... Did you like that scene or not? I mean, from uh, the gore factor of it, it was certainly a gory scene. My only issue with it was you had like no idea what they were doing when they all went out there. Oh, yeah, and, and, yeah. And it was, there was a, I, I think the overall point of it was just to show Damon's brutality and his um, thirst for violence. But like, there was very much like, so like, why are these people running? Like there was, but I, I don't think that was the point was, it was more so of just like a, this dude can be a brutal, violent leader if he takes command. But um, one thing we missed in Game of Thrones was all the cool Targaryens were dead. So we didn't get like the dragon helmet scene. Dragons, way cooler flag and representation than, you know, just a stag from the Baratheons, you know, mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> also they had the they had the baratheon sigil and it had the little crown around the the stag's neck i only thought they added that when they became king of the realm but i guess i was mistaken about I that. i thought that was the case too but eh, you know could be a slip up maybe we got them get out the gotcha girls baby i don't know gotcha. i don't know uh but that scene was chaotic when they go and they they rally up all the bad criminal people. Although, you know, again, who, how did they know which ones were criminals or not? But maybe that was part of the scene just to show that they didn't care. They just were going there to, to cause a fuss. They didn't like it. They, they, they didn't like the brutality of it all. That's kind of his warning. Damon's warning, right? Roush of like, right. Hey, no more of that. And then once, once you host a party at a brothel to celebrate your, dead uncle that'd be his uncle technically uh nephew no. yeah because he's brothers yeah yeah is he brothers he's brothers with he's he's referred to often as Viserys' brother okay but it's like a is this stepbrother sort of deal 
But the- yeah, that that part I don't know. They just keep referring to him as his brother, and that's the easiest way to keep him differentiated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's conf- hey, it's confusing for us too. We're all we're all we're all new here. Uh, but when you host a big party to celebrate a dead baby after you'd already been in trouble for a little bit of police brutality, that was the the final straw right and Viserys at that point says I, i've got to re uh, we're reconsidering who is running the show after i'm gone there's a little bit of secession to this there's a, i don't think you watch secession roush that's a new show that i've watched since the end of mm-hmm. game of thrones but there's a little bit of secession to this like hey who wants to run this who can be the least biggest screw up um and that's who gets to run the show in this case as bad as this sounds to have to have to to have to lose your position to a woman that's a pretty big screw up so that's where we find ourselves to end mm-hmm. episode 1 of house of the dragon rhaenyra right yes not rhaenys the rhaenys is the aunt yes rhaenys <laughs> is the yes again <laughs> easy to gonna, be confused it's going to take some time so it looks like rhaenyra is going to be running the show but you know rhaenys probably is interested in a little bit of power herself right you know corliss valerian who is rainy's husband you know that he's probably going to be thinking about power a little bit and, and that family's a that family's a big deal too um and the way that they kind of differentiate them is they're one of the two old houses from old valeria along with targaryens and the the that can be confusing as well because valeria and Valyrian, the family, are spelled similarly, but they are going to be the black people in this show with white hair. They're the Targaryens' closest allies. So how they align in this conflict is going to be interesting, especially because, like you said, Rhaenys, I bet she feels a little bit slighted that she almost became the first queen, and now here she's seeing the guy who won it hand pass the baton off to a woman. Correct. She's probably thinking to herself, well, wait, if a woman's going to be king here, I could have I could have been queen or if a woman's going to be queen here, I should say, if somebody's going to be queen here, it should have been me probably decades ago. What the heck's going on here? So you can you can see where the 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 the, the where the story's going to go. Mm-hmm. You can see why a lot of people are going to think that they have a claim to to run the show. One thing that it took me, I had to read something after the episode to get what was kind of going on there, which maybe I shouldn't have. Uh, Lord Hightower sending his daughter to potentially. Yeah, did you did you think that was going to be a banging sesh? I think it's going to be a banging sesh at some point. But, yeah. So I, I yes, I didn't know. I was like, this is so weird. What is, that's what is going on here? Trying to trying to keep his ally i was like they're gonna be doing this episode one here no but just some flirting i think she was even told to like wear you know a certain type of dress which was weird yeah so you've got the uh you got that's what's gonna be so like you i don't know you got four you got four different seeds i think planted not to be gross because i'm not talking (laughs) about it in that way but you get what i'm saying my my question to you it was the one moving forward what do we think like they they made it a point to highlight Otto Hightower sending that raven to old town what do we what do we think is in that raven was it was it just to tell his brother to come in and pledge fealty to Rhaenyra or 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 was it like hey shit's, shit, shit's in the fan um get get everybody ready i don't know 
Yeah. I mean, but that's, that's, uh, it could be a little something, something could be a little Easter egg there. Yeah. It's going to be, Oh, I, TJ. I also had a moment too, when Damon saw, uh, Rainier in the throne room, totally thought he was going to be hitting on his niece there. That's, that's one thing we didn't get any incest in, in the first episode, but you know, it's coming at some point. You talking about like the weird necklace exchange. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of weird. Yeah. Like, what was that all about? Yeah, there was. The, I was just getting some some weird vibes, and that that's what Damon. He's got all the vibes. He can touch them all. Matt Miller, I believe, is his name. Th- that guy, so talented. Yeah, it's uh, there's going to be plenty of incest. I mean, that's one thing that we can we can pretty much guarantee on uh, is you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of incest. I, I thought there was a total overreaction at the jousting pits. Like, let's all just take it easy. Like, you know, if you lose in jousting, let's just not go crush people's skull they're they're you know you can do sort you can do like a melee sort of deal they weren't doing melees they were doing jousting so let's get let's get the rules of the competition correct also like that people are just getting their brains crushed in and you had people in the stands be like oh okay on to the next jousting well they're peacetime warriors you know that's how they got to get out there they're murdering yeah and old damon got got his butt kicked Oh yeah, by the Dornish, which is Rhaenyra gonna trying to trying to bring a Dornish man home. That's the thing, is just like you know, like and that's what I think is gonna be either an issue, not an issue, maybe an issue, but maybe not an issue, is like we know what happens with all this stuff. Yeah, or like at least you may not know exactly what happens, the story what happens, but you at least know the family trees. You know who who reproduces and whose line just ends right there. Right. I just wonder if that's going to bother people or not. I wonder if it's going to bother me. I don't know if I even know the answer to it yet. Well, some of it for me too, TJ, is I do this with when I watch old Survivor seasons. I have I can't look up the people. If I do, I just have to look up age or like I can't read too much or else I'll find out if they won or not. In this one, I think like I think I'm going to just watch the TV show and hope that when I get confused by family, like if I get to a point in this season, I need to look up who's related to who that I can just try to read the top without going too far for knowing if they got killed off or not, you know? Yeah. And I guess the first few seasons of game of Thrones, we knew what was going to happen up to a certain point. And even then they took some liberties. They changed some things around. I guess what I would like to know is that, like, are they going to change the Game of Thrones family tree or not? Because if the answer of that was yes, like, if if in House of Dragons, if they just said, you know, this would be a great marketing idea, Roush, I think. If they just came out and they were like, the fa- don't, don't, don't get overly comfortable with the family tree. If they just said that, and even if they lied and nothing, like, it ended up being the same – That'd be enough to make people be like, oh, something going to change? Who Who's going to get killed off that isn't killed off? Who's going to have kids that may have been killed off? It'd be, I, I am curious about that. Or can they bona fide say, hey, what you see is what you get. We're just going to fill in how it happens. That would be interested to know. And maybe they've answered that somewhere out there and I haven't seen it. I, I did some homework. I read of what they thought the show was going to be and this, that, or the other. But I haven't seen if they're going to, even in the slightest, break off from that. Because in the first Game of Thrones, it was pretty true to the books. You had a few discrepancies here or there. 
That being said, if we're if I'm worried about knowing the answers to the story and still being entertained, that was some of when I was most entertained at Game of Thrones. So I should hopefully ease some of those concerns uh, because Game of Thrones was rocking and rolling when they were following off the books. This, they will be following the books. They won't have to just go into no man's land like they did in Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. That being said, I am still curious, will there be some slight changes? Will there be like a big change or will it be no changes at all? That's, I, I would be interested in the answer to that question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we get to, uh, we get to find out, uh, we get to find out over the next, I don't know. Do we even know how many episodes we got? I'm, I'm guessing like a, a dozen, 10, something uh, like Normally that? they do anywhere from like eight to 10 in season in season ones. Um, yeah. But so well, we shall, well, we shall see. I, yeah. I also, how do we feel about it being on Sunday nights during football season? Oh, don't like it at all. Not in the slightest. Like it's like it's like the World Cup being during football season. It's like we'll take it and we're gonna have fun with it. But sheesh, like we just had a whole summer where we were doing nothing. I will say it's at least we'll get what like ha- you'll know by halftime of Sunday Night Football. Probably not all the way halftime if it's going to be a good game or not. So you can kind of not necessarily double screen it, but you can kind of peep at your phone, keep up with the score. And then by the time – that's what's going to be the thing. By the time House of the Dragon is over, you're going to be able to watch, like, the fourth quarter of the Sunday night football game. Because you're wide down. It's so. not bad. By yeah. the way, 10 episodes season one for House of the Dragon. Nice. Nice. Well, we're going to be here every step of the way on Kentucky Thrones Radio. Subscribe. It'll be in your inbox each week before Tuesday at lunchtime. TJ Walker, it's been a pleasure. Can't wait to do it again next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Be patient with us. We're figuring this out just as you all are as well, but we're going to have some fun watching some House of Dragon. Ah, We'll see you all next week right here on Kentucky Thrones Radio. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in 
West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.